the Black and White Podcast. I'm Denise Pass, and I'm joined by my servant-hearted, sweet, what other synonym can I think of, <laughs> co-host Angela Donatio. And well-fed. The, the perk <laughs> of being on this podcast is she's feeding me very well. <laughs> hey, and we have to be real. You know, it's a little bit cold in this basement, and so I brought tissue down here. So, you know, I just want you to know we're blowing our noses between us. <laughs> <laughs> we're eating, blowing our noses. That's way more than you wanted to know. But we're just, we're real girls and we're so excited to be with you again today. Yes, this has been so fun to look at our mission and vision for 2019, hasn't it? Oh, absolutely. I've also been taking inventory and doing a couple of different exercises. Michael Hyatt's best year ever, I've done for a couple years and doing again. And Laura, Laura Casey's power sheets. I actually have an interview with her on my Seeing Deep podcast later this month. So excited to talk with her about how to put our vision and mission into action. And more on that later. But we had thought it would be wise to address the elephant in the room, those pesky distractions that keep us off mission and cause us to forget our vision and deal with them biblically. The scripture for this episode comes from Hebrews 12, 1 through 2, the CEB version. So then let's also run the race that is laid out in front of us. Since we have such a great cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let's throw off any extra baggage, get rid of the sin that trips us up, and fix our eyes on Jesus, faith's pioneer and perfecter. Mm -hmm. He endured the cross, ignoring the shame. I love that. Mm -hmm. For the sake of the joy that was laid out in front of him and sat down at the right side of God's throne. I always like to try to pick out the translation that helps us visualize the message of each episode. And some of the other versions, NET and ESV, use the word weight, to throw off weight. But this image of extra baggage makes me think of running through the airport with too many suitcases and definitely wanting to throw that off. But throwing off weight is not so easy either. <laughs> I'll just say that. I agree. In fact, I was thinking, Denise, like my first time to Africa, I went with three suitcases because we had a lot of supplies to bring. And we had an eight-hour layover, and they made us get our suitcases. Oh. So I'm like, you know, in Amsterdam, schlepping these three suitcases around for eight hours. I was like, I will never do this again. But we do that in life. We carry mm-hmm. unnecessary baggage, and it slows us down. It weighs us down. And... You know, I'm a little bit embarrassed to tell you that as I was thinking about distraction that we're talking about today, this has been an area of struggle for me. I, I'm, I tend to overschedule my life. It's I cannot I, relate to that at all. <laughs> Just want to say, <laughs> I'm sure none of you out there get either. And it has been something I've had to work very hard on. And my mind went back to a conference that we held at the church a few years ago. It was a Saturday morning. I was rushing around to get ready. And, you know, I'm driving to the church, which is not a very long drive from my house, but my mind was on so many different things that I, you know, did I turn this off? Did, did my daughter get what she needed today? Did I, am I wearing the right outfit? I mean, who even knows what all was on my mind? And I go to the conference. I come out that afternoon. The conference had been about seven hours and I hear something kind of like purring. Denise, I looked down and I had left my car running for the entire conference <laughs> oh, for seven hours. Oh. I was I was mortified and I thought, oh my goodness, the danger of distraction. Mm. Well, you know, we've all done things like that. Uh, distractions come from all directions. I, I think we don't often recognize them as distractions. Mm. That's why they're so sneaky and we don't. True. <laughs> distractions can sometimes be labeled as good things. 
Or perhaps the urgent things in this life become more important and keep us busy, distracted from what matters most. Yes, and I was looking it up. Distraction actually is defined as anything that divides the attention or prevents concentration. In other words, it's anything that takes us away from what we should be focused on. Mm. And if we don't stay focused, we cannot fulfill the vision and the mission that we've been talking about. We can easily be distracted by environmental factors. Even hunger can be a distraction. We're trying to focus on something and our mind is somewhere else or far more sinister things such as unresolved emotional conflicts Mm. or temptations. Those can serve as real distractions in our lives. Yes. And underestimating distraction can have disastrous consequences. Oof, isn't that true? Because we don't see it. We don't realize what's tripping us up. You know, Mm. um, we can often just accept it as part of life and then not realize, wait a minute. Uh, it's kind of like this path that we're on and we kind of just go slightly off path. It might even just be Mm. one degree. But as we keep going, we get further and further away. That's so true. And you know, Denise, as I'm watching my own children, I have two young adults, or just dealing with, you know, people in meetings or wherever, I'm just seeing more and more we are are a very distracted society. Mm. And we have so many streams coming in from media, from our phones, from emails, from what's around us. We have to be very intentional about fighting distraction. Otherwise, distraction will just kind of eat us alive. Yes. So let's talk about, since we've been talking about our mission and our vision from God and how these distractions, if they keep us from the mission and vision and calling of God in our lives... That's pretty huge. Like you said, it could be disastrous. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about common distractions that we likely recognize as being a distraction. Social media. Mm-hmm. This is a hard one for when social media can be a tool to help share the gospel. It can be good, but we can get sucked into this massive vacuum of time if we're not careful. Angela, what would be a biblical response to the distraction social media brings to our lives, and how can we approach it? Well, I think you said it a minute ago, idolatry. Mm. Anything that becomes an idol, um, I'm noticing social media is shortening our attention spans because we want everything in in quick second sound bites. We want everything as fast as we can get it. And, you know, that is not the way God wants us to dig into his word. He wants us to digest it, to take our time. And we will do ourselves a disservice if we let social media so crowd in our mm. life that we don't have time. And I don't know if you've noticed this new thing on your phone is you can, it will report how much screen time you've done for the day. I have heard of that, yeah. Oh my goodness. I was I was like, no <laughs> way, that's not, it's not possible that I spent that much time. Now I do a lot of my work on my phone, mm-hmm. so I'll answer emails or whatever. But it's just so easy to flip over yes. to social media when you're on your phone and it, it becomes mindless. So I have decided to intentionally start my day with God because once I turn off, turn on the computer, I turn off my phone, um, you know, if, if I just say, well, I'm just going to answer this one email, then all of a sudden I go down the path of work. I'm mm-hmm. just going to check my Facebook really quickly. And, you know, there's also an underlying thing under that, Denise, that we we're created because God, we, we want purpose. God created us for this need for relationship and to feel valued and to feel valuable and loved. And social media can be kind of an unhealthy substitute mm. for that. So we have to sometimes dig deeper and ask, why am I so, why am I so um, addicted, or why why do I need this so much? Yeah. Why do I need to have this validation of social media? So 
A strategy I've implemented is to start my day with God, then throughout the day to slow down. Mm. When things begin to snowball, I get overscheduled to try to carve out margin in my life, actually work in margin into my to-do list of for this 20 minutes or this hour, I'm just going to to, to not have anything scheduled and to set limits. Mm. I know some people who only check their social media once or twice a day or they only check their emails at noon and six. You can do intentional limits to make sure it doesn't just run away with you, especially if it's an area of temptation or struggle. That's so good. You know, I think the thing with social media is it has developed a mentality, Hmm. a social media mentality. Like you said, you know, we want things right now, Mm -hmm. but it also has this mentality of, you know, being entertained, Hmm. of being numbed. And, you know, um, I think that slowing down and margin is something for me too. And, you know, we can be hasty and miss the way. Hmm. But we don't recognize it because, again, it's like a mentality again. We're just in. And it's like, oh, i got to do this. i got to do that. Stop. Hmm. And, okay, Lord, center me right now. What is your plan for me today? You know, help me, you know, to do what I'm called to. And and I think even on that is fasting. Occasionally to, mm, to be yes. intentional about taking a fast from mm-hmm. social media. I noticed Candace Cameron Bray, who I really, you know, admire her as an actress and, and a Christian, is... She took time off from social media. She made a, a post and said, I'm going to be taking a couple times off, I'm, a couple weeks off, excuse me. I'm going to focus on my family, on Christ. And, and yes. know that, that your life goes on without social media and people are fine without you. And it's maybe a healthy um, reprioritizing for mm-hmm. yourself to take some breaks. We need to do that to kind of evaluate. You know, it's almost like it helps us get that balance back. True. Because it's like a runaway train sometimes. Mm-hmm. And one thing I do, uh, if we're talking about practical strategies too, is I, I use this reminder app. And it's cloud-based. And so it's on my phone. It's on my computer. And so when I'm afraid I'm going to forget something, let's say I'm having devotion time and something pops in my head. And let's face it, folks, mm-hmm. forgetfulness has started to happen. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I realize I don't want that to distract me from God and from time with Him. So I'm going to jot it down and forget it. Mm -hmm. That really helps me because then I don't keep thinking about it. Uh, It pops up, I put it down, and I'm like, okay, I'm putting that away. But along with social media is the convenience of devices, phones, electronic gadgets that are supposed to make our lives Mm -hmm. easier. But sometimes they really end up complicating them. You know, I see this in my own family. Like I said, I have two young adults. One is home from college right now. And Sometimes I'm just looking at them and I just want us to put down our phones. Mm -hmm. Now, I do ask for a phone-free zone at the dinner table because I want to see their faces. And once we get off of our devices and we look at each other, we get engaged in a conversation, then we forget about our phones and Mm. we really start engaging and talking. But, you know, social media or our phones, electronics can be a substitute for relationship and real intimacy. And if we're not careful, it can take the place of relationship. Yes. You know, we waited until our kids were older. Like we were like, we're not going to do electronics and maybe even a little prideful about that. (laughs) Then they get older and you're like, okay, I see a need for this because you're driving, you know, you're going to get a phone. Um, Smartphone makes sense because you can look things up, you know, you can rationalize and you can understand there's, there's good in it, but they're so addictive. Mm -hmm. And so we have the same thing, you know, even even my 24-year-old, I'm like, hey, put the phone on the counter at night. Yeah, yeah. Don't go to bed with it. Mm-hmm. You know, because, and if you're living in this house, you know, then that's mm-hmm. something different than the kids who are on campus. I'm like, I hope you make these wise sure. choices that I've built into you. And a lot of them still really do, which has been great. Um, 
But we have to be intentional. Moving away from inanimate objects, though, sometimes even relationships, sometimes even relationships in our lives can be a distraction. The drama creators (laughs) can keep our minds spinning on meaningless stuff. That's true, Denise. And if we're not careful, we can actually get addicted to drama. Ugh. We need, Ugh. like, you know, I mean, every great story has some kind of conflict. Yeah. And so drama, the enemy loves to just keep drama stirred up. Yeah. And it, that, again, takes us off focus, off task, off mission, mm. off vision. So these things can be great tools, but we have to be wise, like you said, to make sure they don't become great distractions. Well, and I think the reason why drama draws us in is it's the pride element again. Mm. It might be someone saying something about you. I had, I'll just say something happened last week that makes me laugh now, but um, a comment someone said um, about something. How's that big? <laughs> and I realized God just real quick knocked on my heart and said, okay, what is their real hurt? Hmm. Because for them to say that, that that tells you they're hurting in that area of their That's life. True. And so forget about you, Denise, and go ask them, what's their hurt? You know, hmm. how can I help? And I just laughed about it, you know. Um, but I could have taken it personally, right? There's the drama rise up. Hey, wait a minute. <laughs> and you said this about me, you know. Yeah. So there are also expectations in those relationships. And sometimes we simply have to say no is another thing when we think about distractions. And not overcommit ourselves or say yes to something that leads us back to the call of God in our lives. You know, I grew up in the ministry. My parents were pastors, and I think I love the ministry. My husband and I have been pastors for, you know, over almost 25 years. I wouldn't trade it for anything, but I do think it's fertile ground for making it difficult to say no mm-hmm. because you don't want to disappoint people, and you think no is going to disappoint someone. Mm. So I read the book, Your Best Yes, by Lisa Turkers, because I knew this was an area that that I was struggling a bit in. And I love the way she says, saying no protects our best yes. Mm. When we have sought God, then we're more comfortable saying no, because we understand that we are saying no to some things so that we can say yes to other things. Yes, no pun intended. (laughs) When we are walking in the Spirit, we will know if God has called us to something, too. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes it will be good things that we need to say no to. I think the biggest distraction is in our minds. We have a choice of what we focus on, though sometimes we might not be convinced of that. But when we renew our minds, spend time in God's Word, I know you've heard that a few times on this podcast, but we have to come back to that. That is the fundamental, most important belief that we have is that God has called us to know Him and, and to be in His Word. If, if we think that we can be a Christian apart from His Word, we are missing it and we get distracted by all sorts of false beliefs out there. But His truth illumines our minds to be able to debunk what is false and what is unnecessary. And when we ask God for wisdom, hmm. He promises to give it to us, James 1, verse 5. That's so good. You know, because distraction was such a problem for me and learning to to leave margin in my life was an area of struggle, I, I began to study wisdom, like mm-hmm. you said in James, and there's so many passages that talk about wisdom in the Bible. And over time, I heard myself saying, is this wise? Hmm. That was a question I began to ask myself. One time I heard one of my kids saying that. I don't think that's wise. <laughs> I thought, well, that's good. That means there's been some transfer of information here. 
And really what we're saying there, Denise, is there is a cost involved in every yes. Mm. It's going to cost you time. It's going to cost you energy. It's going to cost you emotions. It's going to cost something. So when we say yes to Mm. something, we have to think through, God, have you called me to this? And even if he has, it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be easy. Mm. There can still be a cost in every yes, but I'm willing to pay that cost when I know God has called me to do it. When he hasn't called me and I did it on my own, then it's a cost that's going to be much higher than what we would want to pay. Mm. It's, there's not the grace on it that there would be yes. if you said yes to it. Uh, that's such a profound statement. There's a cost in every yes. Mm. I think a lot of times if we would count the costs <laughs> beforehand, True. you know, we might be spared, you know. But sometimes we may count the costs, and it might be a high cost, and God's saying, do it. Mm. <laughs> True. I'll be with you. Sometimes when we tell ourselves not to think on things, well... We think on them. <laughs> like if I tell you right now, don't think about pink elephants. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> Mine's cute. It has a little bow on it. <laughs> but God's word tells us what to think on. We do have a choice. We are told to think on things above, Colossians 3, 2, and to keep our focus straight ahead. Proverbs 4, 25 says, focus your eyes straight ahead. Keep your gaze on what is in front of you. Angela, how do you stay focused? You know, one practical way I stay focused, Denise, is I use a planner. I love The Purposeful Planner by Corey Clark. Hmm. I'm still an old-fashioned girl. I like to write things down. I use pen and paper. I use my phone, too, and and put my appointments on my phone. And I don't know who said it first, but I love the quote, when you fail to plan, Mm -hmm. you plan to fail. And the Holy Spirit can be a part of our planning. Mm. You know, when mm-hmm. I was a worship leader, yes. I don't just get up on a Sunday morning and just randomly choose songs. <laughs> you know what I mean? That would be irresponsible. Amen. I pray over my planning, yeah. just as my husband does preparing his messages. So once you move from the vision that God has given you, if you want to stay focused, we have to write it down. And that helps mm. me. It's a discipline. And I have to be disciplined in order to fulfill the call of God on my life. Yeah, you know, we'll have a link to that planner you use, and we'll have different resources that, and it's not like you have to do it this way, but these are just things that have might work for some of you that have worked for us, and, you know, I, I like what you're saying there, too, about worship leading, because a lot of times people might say, oh, pick out this song, it's a neat song, yeah. or, <laughs> you know, or, and, or they think I just roll out of bed or something, no. You know, I pray over every song selection. That's God, right. what is on your heart? What do you? What do we need to hear? And how do we need to worship you? Because it's it's about you, God, and it's about pressing in to proclaim how great you are. And Amen. so I use a planner as well, and as well as the cultivate power sheets. And I they help me to set smart goals. I mentioned this in another episode, but smart stands for specific, measurable, achievable relevant and time bound. Now, do I always do this? No. Mm -hmm. But at the beginning of the year, I look at the year and I say, okay, God, what do you have for me to do? And and I put down goals that I, as I'm praying, and then I ask myself now set goals from those. Mm -hmm. What, when am I going to do it? Specific, you know, and how am I going to measure that? You know, okay. uh, If I do this, this many times a week, you know, is it really achievable? Like if I say I want to go jump out of a plane, um, (laughs) I don't know. That one's not achievable for me because I hate heights. (laughs) You know, and is it relevant to my life? Like if it's some crazy goal that really is not where God has me, then I don't want to do it. And time bound, we have to have deadlines. We have to have things in place or else we just, it'll just be a dream, a hope. That's right. That's right. And I was, as we were thinking about distractions, It made me think of Luke 10, verse 40. It says, Martha was distracted 
by all the preparations that had to be made. The verse right before says, Mary, her sister, was sitting at Jesus' feet listening. Mm. But Martha was distracted. And I know she gets such a bad rap. Uh, you know, she she came to her sister and said, you know, she actually came to the Lord at first. and said, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all this work by myself and tell her to help me? And what's happening here is Martha is distracted and Mary just wanted his presence. Mm. And we have to do preparations and we yes. also need his presence. So a lot of our life is going to be finding the balance between the tension of those two things. We don't want to be so distracted by our to-do list that we miss his presence. That's right there is the key statement to really leave this episode with. But as you are planning your and you're praying about your mission and your vision and you're recognizing these distractions in your life, ask God to help you, to give you grace to lay them down. Mm-hmm. And, you know, don't don't let them keep you from the calling of God in your life. Don't let them be an excuse for you. God has called you. He will equip you. He will enable you this year. Amen. And every day. Amen. So our raw truth for today is there will always be distractions. But there is also always the Word of God to mm. meet every distraction. And then we have His radical grace. God gives us grace and enables us to rise above distractions, to live our lives on His purpose. And we have real hope. Our hope is not that distractions will disappear, because we know they never will, (laughs) but that we will be able to recognize them and overcome them with God and His Word. You've been listening to the Black and White Podcast, where we filter life through the Bible and live life in the freedom of truth.